Harry Styles and Adore You on MKFM. Good evening. It's Leah with you for another MK Mental Health Hour. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking all about perinatal depression. Joining me in the studio is John from Arthur Ellis Mental Health Support. Hello, John. Hello, good evening. Hello, lovely evening. to ha- have you with us as always. Um, now, if people haven't heard the Mental Health Hour before, um, this is a bit of a safe space for us to talk about a variety of mental health topics. Um, all of them are available as a podcast over on our website, mkfm.com, if you have missed them. Um, and if people don't know about the work that Arthur Ellis do, John, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. So we are building a, um, a service that supports children on a one-to-one basis. We're doing that through a variety of things like training companies, getting sponsorship. Um, so we're running a project with young carers as an example. So our aim for this year is to get corporates to sponsor a programme where we can train 216 children in how to recover from things like anxiety, low mood, that sort of thing. Fantastic. And you're always so busy. I ask you every week, have you got any updates? There's always something. What have you been up to? Yeah, we've just run a report actually on how people have been doing in our one-to-ones. So working with a mentor um, and on average, everyone that's been through our um, our one-to-one sessions or has one-to-one sessions with us improves their well-being by 46.1 percent oh brilliant so that's like an additional feeling a 50 percent better than you are already amazing kind of thing. so it's been a really good week for for that side of things absolutely it's been well well done to you and the team obviously doing something right doing some amazing the things team in are wonderful well done you well done um so tonight we're talking all about perinatal depression yes. um so joining us in the studio we have got Roz um and Roz is a director of the breastfeeding hub hello Roz hi welcome to the show um so obviously you've got a wealth of experience um in this area tell us a little bit about your kind of journey to being where you are now okay um I won't go completely back but just to say that I did actually start studying fashion in the late oh, wow. 80s but anyway and then a long long time went by you and can tell you look fabulous I, <laughs> thank you darling <laughs> um and then um so I have four children when I had my fourth child I lost my job Gosh. um working for quite a large corporate and um I retrained to be a midwife while I was on well not on maternity leave while I was unemployed <laughs> um re- retrained to be a midwife and I quite soon went into community midwifery working with vulnerable mums so I dealt with I mean as all midwives do um, we deal with perinatal mental health but we also care for and look for risk factors sort of through the antenatal to postnatal period and then I uh, specialised as a lactation consultant, so supporting mums to feed their babies. So generally promoting breastfeeding, uh, but just supporting them through whatever. And there's quite a correlation between mental ill health and the, the two subjects. Absolutely. And left the NHS in 2018 and started my own business. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Obviously, got a wealth of experience. We're also joined in the studio by Farah. Hello, Farah. Hi, how are you? Uh, Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Okay, so my name is Farah and I run a postnatal recovery program because of my own story. Uh, Nine years ago, I suffered from severe postnatal depression and um, that just led me to um, the, the, the various things I went through, going to the doctors, getting very little help in terms of how I could recover from it led me to actually open my own business and now I help women all around the world to recover from this particular thing because this is a passion of mine very close to my own story brilliant well you're all an absolute inspiration and obviously we've got a wealth of experience here in the studio to be talking about perinatal depression Uh, that is the topic we're going to be discussing this evening and we're going to be speaking about the various degrees um, of perinatal depression after Jessica Lynn and Jax Jones this is One Touch on MKFM 
Sounding good for your Sunday evening, Jess Glynn and Jax Jones, One Touch on MKFM. This MK Mental Health Hour, we're talking with John from Arthur Ellis Mental Health Support, uh, Roz, who is a midwife, lactation consultant and director of Breastfeeding Hub, and Farah as well, who uh, runs postnatal recovery programs here in Milton Keynes. Um, so we're talking about perinatal depression, and I suppose it's probably quite important, John, to identify what can actually happen and, and the varying degrees of perinatal depression. Yeah, and, and it's really important to remember that it's not necessarily just women that experience it yeah men can experience it as well which we'll cover on later on in the show but there's like all things related to mental health it usually stems from something whether it is genetics whether it's learned behavior whether it is something that's traumatic that's that's gone on in with your within your life and birth is one of the most traumatic things that you know a couple or an individual can go through beautiful but traumatic yes yeah yeah so really looking at where it stems from can be the first point of call to I guess be vigilant of anything like this maybe happening to, to you in the future. Right so so what what can happen then what what does it look like perinatal depression? Okay Ross? so it, it can manifest in various ways and as John said you know one of the one of the main things as a midwife they will look and talk to the mums right from the booking appointment so it could be somebody already suffers from this there could be already a risk factor there and that's one of the things they go through but actually yeah it can it can have various manifests it can be just feeling a bit low it can have anxiety you can be depressed and it can go right up to psychosis and the way they describe um it's and i can never pronounce it but it's puperial psychosis as midwives we call it purple psychosis because it's easier (laughs) um but what that is is that the only difference of normal psychosis is it's around the time of a new birth and so that's the only difference Um, but also around post-traumatic disorder and trauma and we talk about trauma. Trauma is not just a physical thing as we know it is mental, but trauma is not what you, you may not think something's traumatic to one person is to another. Mm. So I, as a midwife, if there's loads of blood and we were really, you know, it was touch and go and things were going really badly and we think that's traumatic, but the mother doesn't because she's got her baby at the end of it. Or we could watch a really normal delivery, but we don't know what's happened in that parent's life and her partner and they could be traumatized. I think there's a bit of a preconception around trauma as well, because you think that it's what happens to the individual like you've got to be in something physical like an accident or um, a car crash or something Mm. like that but actually people witnessing stuff like that as well because we did some um, some sessions with Transport for London a while back and people obviously control the CCTV cameras and stuff they're really impacted by things that might go on like a you know terrorist situation or something like that so it's not necessarily just the people who are involved it's others on the periphery that might witness things too that it has an impact on them which you might not think straight away Mm. so if there's varying degrees then Roz how do you kind of identify um, whether someone does have perinatal depression okay um in terms of I'm going to take you back if that's okay and go to the antenatal bit because really what they're trying to do in maternity is to sort of highlight risk factors because so that's the bit at which health professionals need to be aware but also people themselves or the family around the mother and one of the first things that um, a midwife will ask in the booking so the booking appointment is the very first appointment a mum will go to they're called the Hooli questions and I'm just going to just read two of them if that's okay yes please so during the past month have you often been bothered by feeling down depressed or hopeless and then the other question during the past month 
Have you often been bothered by having little interest or pleasure in doing things? Quite simple questions, mm. but it makes us think that's actually not normal, yeah. but they may be normalizing it. And their answer to that will then take the midwife on to see if there's anything else that they can do. There's um, a couple of questions. Um, it's called the uh, GAD7 PHQ9, and there are a list of questions that will go through determining anxiety or depression. So that's sort of the, the factors. And then every time a midwife sees or a health professional sees a mum, they should really be asking it, but they will flag up if that mum's had um, a history. Right. But it's not just the mum's history. So she, we will ask about um, family history because that, again, is very key. There's a lot of studies that have shown that a baby born to uh, a depressed or um, a mother who's going through high anxiety or post-traumatic stress, they will actually have high anxiety as well. Right. So they have high stress levels, high cortisol levels as they're born. And so they're at a greater risk. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but how um, how it can be recognized, again, we ask those questions postnatally. So right from birth. So if they're on the ward or if the community midwife's visiting them at home, they will be asked those questions. They will be checking on how that mother's feeling. And we all hear about, oh, baby blues, day three. And things get minimized quite naturally, mm. whereas actually baby blues are something. It's, it's a chemical change in the body, but actually midwives go a little bit further to determine if there's something else going on. And I suppose it's quite difficult, actually, because it's meant to be such a beautiful and amazing thing. And having those baby blues, like you say, people kind of dumb it down a little bit. Exactly, exactly. But they they do exist and and really, really important that we're discussing it this evening. We're going to be speaking to Farah, who has experienced postnatal depression um, and has firsthand experience after Liam Payne and Jay Balvin. Familiar is on the way for you next. The MK Mental Health Hour with 123 Internet Group. MKFM. Liam Payne, J Balvin, familiar on MKFM. Good evening, it's Leah with you for another MK Mental Health Hour. Tonight we're talking about perinatal depression. Uh, we've kind of found out and, and heard from, from Ros, a midwife and director of the Breastfeeding Hub, about uh, what can happen and the varying degrees of perinatal de- depression. And now we're joined in the studio by Farah, um, who's actually experienced perinatal depression. Um, good evening, Farah. Thank you for joining Hi. us. So where did it all begin for you? Okay, so I, uh, about nine years ago, when I gave birth to my second son, that's when I actually experienced. So I had a, a son already who was four. And with my second um, birth, it was quite traumatic. Well, the first birth, actually, the pregnancy was good, but the birth itself was traumatic for me and my, my ex-husband, my whole family. Um, anyway, I put that onto the side because I'm thinking, that's how it's the first birth, just get over it, it's fine. But four years later, when I was pregnant with my second son, I promised myself I'm going to have a cesarean and not a natural birth because I was freaked out from from the natural birth so I knew in my head this is going to be hard because I remember only four years ago this was the case however within six months of being pregnant I had developed a really um I I am going to say this on the radio piles um and Mm. they were really really traumatic for me I was bleeding so much and for three months between six and nine months I literally was going through a very difficult time um and then when I gave birth which was a cesarean um I I start suffering from what I thought were blues so I didn't know what um, postnatal depression was at all and I went to the doctors because my 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 ex-husband at this stage was really worried because I wasn't coping with a four-year-old and a baby and looking after the house Um, when I said this to uh, my family close by they were saying things like 
you know you've so lucky you've got two boys you know you've got a lovely beautiful house what's the problem and mm. I literally thought what is the problem why am I feeling like I want to cry all the time I don't want to get dressed I don't want to go out I don't want to talk to anyone and I was very exhausted and I believe now looking back is because the birth was so traumatic and the things that I went through I had an operation at six months old I was six months pregnant and my baby was in the tummy and there was a touch and go whether he will live or I will live Gosh. all these things came out after like my ex-husband didn't even tell me up to this day literally told me last week because I was telling him I'm coming here to talk about this um, so that as a result of that I, I then went to he took me to doctors I didn't want to go because I'm like what am I going to say to him what am I going to say there's nothing physically wrong so how far is this after three months birth? So three, three months, months after you've I started given to birth. feel it before but I wasn't going to go because I thought it's going to go mm. like like I'm going to wake up the next morning and it's going to go so I it took three months basically to, to, to get to the get doctors courage uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right um, because I didn't really know what I'm going to say I literally didn't know how to explain it and then Mike said just say exactly how you're feeling so he came with me and he did most of the talking and then very quickly within within five minutes of the appointment and the appointment was 10 minutes I had to fill out a, a questionnaire um, about 27 questions and I scored quite high on this questionnaire which Ros would probably um, has, has Ros is nodding that. a lot that would be yeah. the PHQ-9 yeah. right. that would have been and yeah, I scored yeah. quite high on that so it was 24 hours 27 I have no idea what this question is about at this stage um, very quickly was I given antidepressants uh, cetylopram I remember them very clearly and the minute I was given those I was uh, not happy because my my dad has been on them for years and i haven't seen anything majorly positive i see him in an okay state but nothing that he, like a recovered man right so i didn't want to take them so my first thing was no i'm not taking them i'll take the prescription but i won't take them because i think i can do this i've been running a, a, a massive department store previous to having a baby very confident um, and there's no way i could let this thing defeat me mm. i totally believe this will go away it will go away tomorrow I didn't and in it stayed so um, as a pressure from family and to look after two boys I had to take I had to take these these tablets so then where did it go from there Farah so the tablets what the tablets actually did what well, they m made me a little bit calmer so I stopped crying a as much but they didn't actually solve the issue and this is what my problem was with there was what I was looking for was some kind of guidance so I was looking for some kind of practical tips to get me out of this situation I needed to do things I needed to look after my health I was eating very poorly I mean I can this will shock you really because I was eating sugar laces um, because I thought it would give me energy just to look after my kids. Um, the, the boys were not sleeping at night. They picked up on all the anxiety. I can see that looking back now. And and both of them suffer from anxiety now. And, and one of my, my younger son actually is having some... Um, it's having some mentoring session actually with Arthur Ellis as a result of what actually happened to me. So it's so important that I, I recognize this. And people. the reason I'm actually telling my story is I would like women that are actually thinking about having baby or are going through this is to seek help quickly because mm. it really does affect not just you as a mum, but the, the effects on the whole family. Absolutely. And you're so brave to share your story. Thank you so much um, for, for speaking about that. And, you, and you're so right. It does have a big impact on the whole family and, and men as well. We're going to be talking um, about the impact that uh, perinatal depression can have on men after Daniel Bedingfield analysis. Got to get through this on MKFM.
Daniel Beddingfield, got to get through this on MKFM tonight. We're talking all about perinatal depression on the MK Mental Health Hour. We've just heard from Farah, who has a first-hand experience of postnatal depression. Um, and thank you so much, Farah, for, sh- for sharing your story. Um, kind of touched on the fact that it did really impact your entire family. And it's really important to uh, remember that it impacts on men. It is so important that we remember that, isn't it, John? Yeah, and, and there is this thing where as soon as you hear postnatal or perinatal depression, that you immediately think of the female which is understandable because obviously they go through quite a traumatic experience um but men are just uh, affected uh, as women i think ros you said around so what what the statistic uh, is yeah there's a study particularly on um, post-traumatic stress disorder that the figures are comparable if they if a woman is suffering postnatal uh ptsd the the partner will the male will as well um, so it, I think that's quite a strong statistic. Mm. Yeah, it's fifty-fifty. You know. I, I think that the empowerment of women. I have this theory. <laughs> Go on, John. And I've got a great audience right now for, <laughs> for this. But I believe that the empowerment of women, as, as women become more empowered, then we can we will see that the statistics of male suicide and all of that coming down. Um, if you think years and years ago when women were kind of suppressed. Um, in what they're able to do and all of that sort of stuff, then it puts that pressure on the, the guy. Yeah. Yes, it empowers them and they can do everything, but that's an awful lot of pressure. So as it, where it's more shared, I think that those numbers will level out in, because men are, you know, the women are able to be talked to more. Absolutely. They're more, uh, they're more powerful to be able to help. And I, I won't get too geeky, but when the woman's pregnant, if she's in, like I said, we're talking about cortisol and stress levels, if she's in a better frame of mind and she's able to talk, mm. her baby will be in that better frame of mind yeah. so you're already affecting their health yeah and farah you you did mention about um during your your birth and and the kind of trauma around it mm-hmm. that it did really affect your ex-husband as well yeah um this is one of those things now uh, we are divorced for past uh five years uh and if there was one thing that i kind of regret but I also forgive myself for it. When I was in the whole postnatal depression mode, looking after two under five-year-olds, I did not have time to really understand what my husband was going through. I did not ask him how he was. I was very, very selfish. And if he actually opened his mouth to say a tiny little thing like, you know, this affecting me as well, I would literally shout down his throat and say, what do you mean? I've given birth. Now I'll go into this whole shouting thing because I was just not coping and I thought don't even come near me telling me you have a problem but now looking back after a year or or two I don't exactly remember the timeline um he actually went and seeked help because actually he suffered from postnatal depression we did not know what postnatal depression was like I said to you let alone men suffering from it and you know now we know that's what he was going through but there was no space for him to speak about it to anyone and men generally don't seem to have friends they can talk openly like we do mm. so i think my recovery is very much t- about talking i've, I've I, I i will go through in a minute um how i healed myself but he did not have that network support system so yes definitely ma- male postnatal depression is out there and like ross just said the statistics are equal so that's uh, today that's a kind of shock to me as well and john we were just talking in in that song mm. about the feeling of kind of helplessness um, and the yeah. trauma that it must be for um, a, a man to kind of watch their partner go through such traumatic situation. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're if you're in the, the birthing room with, with somebody and ideally in, a, in an ideal world, maybe not in every single situation, that's the person you love most in the world. Um, and to see somebody going through that when you care about them so much. And also we, we've spoken, Ros, with 
uh, with each other about the amount of time that that men get to recover because parental leave is typically not equal in that respect but there are different no, things and different com- companies are now looking more into shared parental leave and different things that they can do absolutely and i think that has a huge impact so you know uh, generally um a partner will have two weeks leave and so they're going back to work probably processing all these thoughts yeah. but they just don't have time or they don't have the capability um but also yeah companies are, are, are looking into this a, a lot better in terms of shared parental leave but i think shared parental leave tends to happen a few months down the line so it it does impact them and and i just want to say this isn't just about dads so the partner could be a female as well it could be a woman and so it's just thinking about that other person who isn't the birth parent how separate from it they can feel absolutely yeah and i think that if you if you farah you said about being selfish which i don't agree with i don't think you were being selfish because if you look at the things that the hooli questions were asking which i don't think are asked to the partner no. in the first initial appointment but um if you look at low mood or the things that they're kind of asking to identify that has an impact on emotional literacy and that is things like empathy how motivated you are mm-hmm. um how self-aware you are or how you regulate your emotions so yes. you might lash out and get angry so you can sort of recognize these different things so if those depression hopelessness um anxiety are affected it has a knock-on effect so in that state of mind you naturally don't have the ability sometimes to see it from someone else's point Point of view view. so it's not selfish it's just the state of mind that you're in and i imagine a lot of people can probably relate to what you've said this evening probably and i think that's why i wanted to really be open and and say exactly how i was and uh, because i have talked through this now feel Mm. comfortable talking but i think a lot of people don't say it when my midwife appointments used to come through i didn't actually wasn't honest i was too worried about they're going to judge me as a mother that i'm not coping so i was i was like yeah everything's fine just Mm. do this what you need to do and go because you're going to judge me that i'm not coping if i was to do you know if i was to actually open up maybe i would have got help maybe in a different way or sooner as well and you did come through it and you did get out yes i did exactly and we're going to talk about the kind of that recovery process next the mk mental health hour with one two three internet group mkfm We're loving that here in the studio. Calvin Harris and Florence with Sweet Nothing on MKFM. It's Leah with you for another MK Mental Health Hour. Uh, tonight we're talking all about perinatal depression. Uh, joined in the studio by John from Arthurellis, Roz, who is a midwife and lactation consultant and director of Breastfeeding Hub, and Farah, who has experienced postnatal depression and now runs a business as a result of that. And to get on that journey, Farah, I mean, you've shared um, so eloquently this evening about how you struggle with postnatal depression and you've kind of shone a bit of a light on, on your husband as well who was also impacted in your entire family where did it kind of change what what was the kind of changing point for you okay so uh, here I was in the midst of uh, looking after my household uh, a little control because I started taking some antidepressants however still not feeling great not ready to go back to work just everything felt horrendous um i had a next door neighbor move in uh, and uh, she is very uh, uh, i'm going to mention her name uh, no i'm gonna not gonna mention her name sorry um she's very forthcoming and she came and knocked on the door her first day and gave us some sweets and said we, when we move new homes this is what we do so uh-huh. i wouldn't even open the door i kind of literally tiny bit opened the door and took these sweets quickly and shut the door because i wasn't in place to meet people anyway she continued to come over and then one day she said 
oh, yeah, we're, we're going for a walk. And, and I said, no, no, I, I don't go outside. I just literally don't. Even my husband had to come from work to pick my little son from school because I wouldn't go outside the house. That was my biggest issue. Um, so anyway, she stood her ground until I actually came out of the house. And this was a month, months later. She kept doing that. And we'll talk just from outside the door. Then we went around the lake once and that first time I felt something. I felt so good. And I believe now that's the serotonin level. I felt so good that I never stopped that walk for a good three, four years. Those walks then turned into jogs and those jogs turned into runs. I did my first 5K and I was absolutely starting to live life and enjoy myself. And then I ended up running three half marathons as a wow. result of that. And that was part of my healing process. And that's how I kind of came out of that. Wow. And you didn't need antidepressants after? I didn't actually drop my antidepressant halfway. I mean, I stopped taking them. Like, you know, when you, you just, I, I'll take it. But I felt like I didn't need it. I, mm. Why do I need this? Because I'm actually getting real stuff yeah. from actually running. It can, it can certainly so replace it. I think there's studies that if 100%. you get enough exercise, it's, it's the same hormone release exactly that, same thing. that they do. Obviously guided by a doctor. Yeah. Really. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. So running for you was it was absolutely, a huge saviour, and yes. your neighbour as well. Big and shout my out to, yeah, to her. Absolutely, what an yes. amazing story! Brilliant. Um, there are some um, tips that you have as well, Roz, isn't there? Postnatally, that you, you'd like to share. Yeah, and one of them is actually a bit of a controversial one, and it sort of shouldn't be. Um, obviously, I'm a lactation consultant, but uh, in a, with a lot of health professionals that support mothers who have um, postnatal mental ill health. They see breastfeeding as getting in the way um, because obviously mums are sleep deprived. Mums are sleep deprived, believe me, however they feed their baby. But actually it's really important that not only just for the mental ill health, but for feeding, that that mother surrounds herself by a village. She surrounds herself by support and that includes feeding her baby. The physical process of feeding her baby and her baby taking on and suckling at the breast give both of them endorphins, serotonin levels raise, and they are calm. And so it reduces stress, it reduces cortisol. So actually studies are clear cut that it reduces a mother's risk of postnatal depression and it reduces teenage depression so there's been a huge study it reduces the risk of teenage suicide so exactly what john said there's already studies out there john that actually prove what you mm. said earlier good <laughs> um, the other couple of things um, really well, we sort of said about getting a village around you you may not have a partner you may be a single mum or your partner may be having to go straight back to work so make sure you know who those people are and you may feel people aren't taking you seriously you can't talk to your health professional whoever it is talk to them just like Farah did her her neighbor's amazing she kept on with tenacity but just recognize it yourself and talk Brilliant. Well, some really, really great helpful tips and advice this evening. Uh, we'll tell you how you can get your hands on a very helpful expert guide um, all about perinatal depression right after this. Loud luxury and body on MKFM. So the Mental Health Hour tonight, um, we've been speaking all about perinatal depression. Some great tips and advice as always, John. Uh, a quick roundup now if people have missed part of the show. Yes, there's a variety of things that you can do or get in place. So before um, pregnancy, you can really get to know your family history, what you might be susceptible to, and look at yourself as well. That You might have tendencies to become obsessed with things like fitness or other mechanisms that you put in place for yourself. It can be unhealthy that they get too much, so just be able to monitor that. Use your army, so as Roz describes, there's a bit of a village around you of people that know what those are, so all those obsessive behaviours that you might be accustomed to. 
get them to monitor them for you because as we sort of said about the different states of mind that you can be in, you might not recognize it yourself. Um, talk to your partner and be honest with each other. So whether it's male, female, anybody, um, you need to be talking and being honest about how you're feeling. And if it's uh, helpful, you can also monitor your mood. So keep a bit of a mood diary throughout the whole process and have a fitness plan and nutrition plan in place. And know by knowing the stages of pregnancy, as your body develops and as that becomes more and more difficult, you can have planned changes and planned adjustments as you go. Brilliant. And I know all of those tips are available as a guide over on your website. If people want to find that, how can they do it? Yeah, support guys now on our homepage. So that is arthurellismhs.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much, John. And Roz, it's been a pleasure to have you in on the show as well. Midwife, lactation consultant, director of Breastfeeding Hub. <laughs> You're welcome. You are just a guru in all of this area. If we want to find out more details about what it is that you do, how can they do that? Okay, so you go on to all the W's at breastfeedinghub.org. And actually, before I go, I just want to say one quick thing the medication of choice for breastfeeding mum if she has postnatal depression or anxiety is sertraline but if you're not sure about your medication you're being asked to go on to go on to the breastfeedingnetwork.com they will let you know what's a good uh, a sort of a safe medicine but most medicines are safe in breastfeeding brilliant top tip thank you very much Roz and Farah if people want to find out more about you your journey and, and the program that you're currently running to help people with postnatal depression how can they do that okay if any of the mums uh, have um, if you've related or resonated with my story please don't suffer after listening to this please ask for help because I promise you you need to uh, apply some practical tips in your life and you will come out of this like I have um, if you want to get in touch you can find me under farahkaramburi.com and I am on Facebook on LinkedIn and also on Instagram brilliant well thank you all so much for joining us this evening and do join us at the same time next week seven o'clock for another MK Mental Health Hour The MK Mental Health Hour and MKFM.